Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey everyone, Alex Italanda here and welcome to the Ostium Sagas. Now, if you're enjoying this series and want more right away, I just wanted to mention that you can get them on our Ostium Network Patreon at patreon.com slash ostiumpodcast. By becoming a supporter at any level, you'll instantly get access to the next 15 episodes in the series. So that's on our Patreon at patreon.com slash ostiumpodcast. Now, I'd just like to thank our five most recent patrons for supporting the Ostium Network. Thank you to Death to Komatsu, Daryl Williamson, Descripticon, Virginia Green, and Talon for all your support. We really appreciate it. And now let's get started with the next chapter of the Ostium Sagas. The Ostium Sagas thirty two Saga two sixteen sixty six Recorders End Note Part One Right, so I'm to force myself not to say wow this time, because it feels like that's what I keep saying each time I get through a new installment of the Ostium Sagas. But they are truly incredible stories, involving incredible people. And again, we all know how bad the people at the Ostium Network are, at least those in charge and with any power. The heads, as Robert calls them, but to see what lengths they had gone to, to ruin these people's lives, and it really isn't completely clear. What was the end goal here, or did they actually just have no clue what would happen? No, I don't think that's possible. Given how they know of two people in this Ostium saga who had been sent back and then were supposed to travel back to Ostium through the same door at the same time, without either of them knowing of the existence of the other person, let alone that they would inevitably be meeting up to return to Ostium. It's just cruel and insensitive. But I feel there's not much that can be accomplished by going over what wankers these Ostium network blokes are. 
It's just going to royally piss me off and not do much else. So let's move on to other matters. Oh, and I don't think it needs to be said, but in case anyone is wondering, there's no author's endnote to go with the Ostium Saga, because he wasn't able to read a word of it, being in an indecipherable language to him. Also, we already know the origins of this slim volume, so we pretty much know all we need to know about its existence already. No, the really juicy bits of this Ostium Saga, to me, are the ones about how this is an alternate timeline, and considerably different from the one I grew up in and called home for most of my life. I say most as my currently designated place of habitation is in a disconnected dimension that doesn't seem to exist anywhere, as far as I know, and insofar as Zhang has been able to tell me. When I read along and spoke aloud how the fire kept raging and getting worse and worse, running rampant and out of control, it was actually terrifying to me. As you may remember, I lived in England for some time, specifically Acton, which is to the west of London, and basically part of the giant sprawl that is Greater London, so it hit me hard learning of the immense destruction and desolation left by the fire. Funnily enough, it was both an outright fright and a relief because there was the dread of it all being gone and final, but then also realising in my reality that's not what happened, learning this was some other timeline or reality, and my old London was still very much there, all safe and sound. So after I got over that heart-dropping moment followed by the realisation that everything was fine in my world, there was a new feeling that took me a while to recognise as excitement. Here I was getting general proof and confirmation from an alternate timeline with its own unique series of events. It's something I've dreamed of for a long time, since I was a child really, imagining what these alternate worlds might be like, and the whole multiverse idea just made my mind explode for the first time as a teenager. Isn't that what science fiction writers dream of? I know it's a big reason why I loved reading in the genre so much, and now here was incontrovertible proof, or at least for the likes of me at the Ostium Network. An average person might have a harder time wrapping their mind around all this, I say very facetiously. And to have this prime source material of this incredible story, I mean, it's priceless. The whole book is so important. I feel, well, I feel beyond special to have found it and to be able to read and enjoy it, and to keep these people's stories alive. Stories of their actual lies and how they were lied to after they went through their respective Ostium doors. These former employees of the Ostium network, who got to experience something very few in the world ever will, but ultimately at a great cost. Perhaps the greatest. I couldn't help wondering what happened after to Dana and Robert. Did they really go to America? What were their lives like after? Did they have fun, enjoy the rest of their lives in the 17th century? I wish there was some way I could look them up and see if they were in any of the historical sources. Did they do or achieve anything to warrant a mention in the history books? But that's the problem with alternate timelines. They're very much not your timeline. Now, how about the little ostium? That was interesting, wasn't it? Didn't get any bigger or smaller, but why was it that size? Just big enough for Dana's journal to fit in. Did it make it to the Austin network as they'd hoped? I did ask Zhang this, and they searched their records from top to bottom but couldn't find anything referencing Dana's journal, or any record of what happened to them. It seems more likely it got sent back in time somehow, and then the Conclave ended up with it. So I suppose it will just have to remain one of those mysteries that I really want to learn more about, but probably never will. But with the Austin network you know what they say, and yes, by them I once again mean myself, 
They say, never say never, because you never know what you might find out or what may happen to you. There's always a chance, right? 